There's going to be a shifting. You've got to be ready. There's going to be a shifting. But what did they do? They came to preserve an old anointing. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Kingdom Rock Radio. You are moments away from receiving God's rich word. But first, remember that you can subscribe to our Roku channel as well as our podcast. And don't forget, for more information, you can always contact us at www.kingdomrock.org. And now, here is today's word. Thank you so much for your faithfulness and for yielding to the voice of the Spirit to come today and to hear what thus saith the Lord. Hallelujah. The Father does have a word for you in store, and I thank you that you're here to, uh, to hear and to respond to what God is saying. I want to thank God also for our online community. Wherever you are all around the world, we thank you, and, we, and uh, we're praying for you. We're praying for you, and I'm thankful that you are there. You're faithful. Thank you for praying for us and, and watching, and thank you for giving as well. And remember, you can always give on the website at www.kingdomrock.org and hit the Give button, and you can always share in there. Amen? Amen. All right, this morning, I'm thankful that you're here. We're going to be speaking from the subject of a fresh anointing, a fresh anointing. There is a season, the Holy Spirit says a season has changed. There is a shifting in the atmosphere. There's a shifting, and I'm going to show you this today, the Lord willing, uh, or we're going to show this to you today, uh, the Lord willing. There is a shifting in the atmosphere. There's a shifting in the anointing. Now, the anointing is the burden-removing, yoke-destroying power of God. It is his super upon your natural, making you do supernatural things. There is a shifting in it. There's a shifting. Now, as there is a shifting in this, there is also a tendency for people to stay in the old, to stay in the old and not shift over to the new. So by the grace of God, I'm going to tell you about that today. And I pray today that you'll that you will also successfully make the transition Make, because this is the, this is definitely definitely the season of transformation, of transformation. So allow the Lord to shift you over from the old to the new. Now let's go to the book of Mark, Mark the sixteenth chapter, and I'll be doing just a little bit of reading. Uh, as a matter of fact, we're going to go ahead and read the entire uh, chapter, the entire chapter, Mark sixteen uh, verses one through uh, twenty. I want to read it all. I know that uh, many of you are already familiar with this, but there's always someone that is not familiar with it. And this talks about the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, the, the most pivotal, pivotal time in history, the most important time in history. So I want to make sure that you are aware of this. So, so we're going to read this first and we're going to just jump from here. So here we go. Uh, Mark, the 16th chapter, verse number one through 20 of the King James Version. And it goes like this. And when the and when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of James and um, uh, Salome Salome uh, had brought sweet spices uh, that they that they might come and anoint him. Verse two. And very early in the morning, uh, the first day of the week, they came unto the sepulcher at the rising of the sun. And they said among themselves, who shall roll us away the stone from the door of the sepulcher? And when they looked, they saw that the stone was rolled away, for it was very great. 
And entering into the sepulcher, they saw a young man sitting on the right side, clothed in a long white garment, and they were affrighted. And he saith unto them, Be not affrighted, ye seek Jesus of Nazareth, which was crucified. He is risen, he is not here. Behold the place where they laid him. But go your way, and tell his disciples and Peter that he goeth before you into Galilee. There shall ye see him, as he said unto you. And they went out quickly and fled from the sepulcher, for they trembled and were amazed. Neither said they anything to any man, for they were afraid. Now when Jesus was risen early, let me start again. Now when Jesus was risen early, let me say that again. Now, when Jesus was risen early, the first day of the week, he appeared first to who? Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had cast seven devils. And she went and told them that had, that had been with him as they mourned and wept. And they, when they had heard that he was alive and had been seen of her, believed not. After that, he appeared in another form unto two of them as they walked and went into the country and they went and told it unto the residue neither believed they them afterward verse 14 afterward he appeared unto the 11 as they sat at meat and upbraided them with their unbelief and hardness of heart, because they believed not them which had seen him after he was risen. Verse 15, and he said unto them, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall, uh, they shall what? Cast out devils. They shall what? Speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Verse 19. So then after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God. Verse 20. And they went forth. And preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following. Amen, amen, and amen. Hallelujah. All right. So I've just read to you uh, Mark, the 16th chapter, and uh, we're going to glean into this and really discover what the Holy Spirit is saying about a fresh anointing. Now, let me tell you again, there is a danger, and I want you to be very cautious that as the Holy Spirit makes a move, as he makes a shift, as he, author, as he authorizes a shift, there is a tendency to stay where you are, to stay in the old, and not to grab a hold or not to log on or step into something that is new. First thing I want you to see here, let's go back to verse number one, because this uh, just... The whole thing, I mean, verse number one is just so incredibly, so incredibly awesome. So let's look at verse number one again. It says, and when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James and Salome 
had brought spices that they might come and anoint him. Do you see that? They brought spices. Now, three people were there. Um, as Mark records, please hear this. Three people were there on resurrection morning. Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome. These three names are extremely important. There's a reason why God had them uh, to come to this point and gave them these names. Their names preach a message already. So please hear me as I, as I speak this to you. First of all, there were two Marys there. Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of James. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Mary means their rebellion. Mary means their rebellion. Rebellion means opposition to authority. Opposition to authority or opposition to one in authority or dominance. Meaning that there is something else in power. There is something else that is ruling. And this opposing force, remember Mary means their rebellion. There is an opposing force, something that, that, is, that will be coming against someone or something that is in power or control. Rebellion. Now, let's look at this. Who would they be rebelling against? Who is in power? Let's look at some scriptures here. Let's go to 2 Corinthians 4 and verse number 4 on the King James Version. Some of you already know, but I want to bring some things to your attention. Hallelujah. Someone may not be as spiritual as you are, so we have to make sure that all the body can come together. Amen? All right. Hallelujah. So 2 Corinthians 4 verse 4 says this. In whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them that believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Satan, the Bible says here in 2 Corinthians 4 and 4, is the God of this world. Let's look at John 12. John 12. Now, world there uh, meaning system of things, system of things, really the thinking of man, the overall uh, influence over the culture. All right. Now, so again, Mary means rebellion. Mary means rebellion, right? Hallelujah. Rebellion, one who opposes the authority of another. All right. So look at uh, John 12, John 12, verse 31 through 33. And it says this, the Lord Jesus speaking. Now is the judgment of this world. Now shall the prince of this world be cast out. And if I and I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. This he said, signifying what death he should die. So notice how Jesus says, talks about the prince of this world the prince of this world again that is the devil that is satan are you hearing me mary uh the term mary the word mary means what rebellion their rebellion their rebellion there's someone else already in authority that uh someone is going to rebel against someone's going to push against someone's going to cast down or destroy are you with me let me show you one more i love this one in luke 4 luke 4 uh, verse number five through eight. And it says this, and the devil taketh him up into an high mountain taken. This is about Jesus on the mountain, what we call mountain temptation. And the devil taketh him up into an high mountain, showed, showed uh, him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. 
And the devil said unto him, oh, look at the nerve of that old devil. I'm telling you, look at this. He says, all this power will I give thee and the glory of them, for that is delivered unto me and to whomsoever I will, I give it. The devil said, I got all this power and authority and I can give it to whoever I want to. Now, what does he have power and authority over? He said, the Bible says here, now Jesus did not correct him because this was correct. Uh, the Bible says that the devil showed Jesus all the kingdoms of the world. You see that in verse number five, all the kingdoms of the world, all the kingdoms of the world. And he said, I got all this power and I want to give it to you. I want to give you this power because it was given unto to me. Well, we know the transfer of power that happened there in the book of Genesis, so we won't go back and forth from there. But it says, and to whosoever I will, I give it. Verse number seven, if thou therefore wilt worship me, all shall be thine. And Jesus answered and said unto him, now this is the temptation, right? The devil's tempting him with all this power and authority over all the kingdoms of the world. The devil said, it's mine. I can give it to whoever I want to. What did Jesus say uh, to this offer? He said to him, get thee behind me, Satan, for it is written, thou shalt, what? Worship the Lord thy God and him only shalt thou serve. Hallelujah. Isn't that something? So the devil trying to tempt Jesus, he tries to tempt Jesus and says, hey, I'll give you all this power over all the kingdoms of the world. I will give it to you. Say it with me. I will give it to you. I will give it to you. That's what the devil's saying. I'll give it to you, Jesus. I'll give it to you if you just bow down and worship me. That's what he's saying, remember? So who's in authority? At least up until this point, it was the devil that was in authority. But remember, the ladies, their names at the tomb symbolizing, listen, symbolizes what has happened and actually what shall happen. What has happened is that Jesus, of course, through his life, was rebellious to the power of the enemy. That's why every time somebody had a devil, the Lord cast it out. Everybody, sometimes somebody, when someone was sick, the Lord healed them. Someone was dead, the Lord raised him from the dead. He was reacting out the rebellion. He was the one who started the rebellion. As a matter of fact, if you look at it, what was the name of Jesus's earthly mother? Mary. Mary meaning what? Their rebellion. So out of their rebellion comes the Christ. Hallelujah, who led his entire life leading a rebellion against the established power or authority. Isn't that something? So here's what the devil said. Oh, this is so good. The devil said, look, I'm going to give you, I'll give you this power. I'll give you this authority. If you just fall down and worship me, Jesus said, I don't need that. Get behind me. Get behind me. Because Jesus knew what would happen when he rises from the dead. Let's look at Matthew 28. Look at Matthew 28, verse number 18. Look at what happens here. Matthew 28, verse 18. Look what Jesus proclaimed after his resurrection. He says here, Jesus came and spake uh, unto them, saying what? All power is what? Given unto me, where? In heaven and in earth. 
He said, I got it all. After the resurrection, the father bestowed it all upon him. Jesus has all authority, all power legally, legally now, legally. He has all the power and authority. Amen. Oh, this is so wonderful. I'm going to have a great time today. Hallelujah. I hope that you come along too. Glory to God. So the Bible declares again uh, that Jesus has declared a rebellion, their rebellion. There's a reason why Mary Magdalene was there and Mary, the mother of James, and uh, Salome was there. Their names really give us a full picture of what has happened and what will happen. What the Lord Jesus established spiritually and what you and I will establish spiritually and physically in our very own lives. There is a rebellion. Hallelujah. Well, the body of Christ, we just don't have to take sickness and disease. We don't have to take a doctor's report. You don't have to take the bad news. We can say rebellion, rebellion, rebellion. I fight the power in Jesus' mighty name. Glory to God in the highest. Hallelujah. I don't have to take this stuff. No. I don't care how many PhDs you got, how many doctor degrees you got. I don't care what's happening, what you have seen. I believe what the Lord Jesus has said, and I rebel against this glory to God. So the Lord, he gets, he has given, he has been given and has received all power in heaven and in earth, and he has sparked a rebellion. Glory to God. Now, the Bible declares that the first name there was Mary Magdalene. Mary Magdalene. So let me show you what the name Magdalene means. The name Magdalene, Mag, Magdalene means a tower. A tower tower now that's pretty that's pretty awesome because when you think about a tower a tower is a building or a structure uh typically higher in diameter um and it is um high relative to its surroundings it is a it is it is something that is high it is something that people can see from miles around a high tower so it really has three purposes one it it is a visual representation here of rebellion it is a visual representation to uh, a tower is for observation. People climb these observation towers and can look all around the area round about. And three, towers are used for communication to send out a message. Today we have cell towers. Isn't that right? To send out communication, send out a message. Uh, especially back in Bible times, someone would climb the tower and would yell a message out over the community. Hear ye, hear ye. There's free pizza on Friday. Or whatever they would say. Hallelujah back in Bible times. I don't think it was pizza, but you got what I'm saying. I'm saying to you. Uh, so a tower, one for observation, to look out and to survey. And secondly, uh, for communication, to send out a word. And thirdly, it was a display uh, to all the communities because the tower stood up higher than anything else in the community. Isn't that right? Stood up higher than all that all that's in the community. So uh, it it was a display. So what is Jesus doing? One when he when he sends Mary Magdalene there. In other words, this tower would display what he has done first, and this tower would communicate the rebellion to the world that another power has taken place. And you'll see that in a moment. And this tower will be used as an observation, as the Lord would 
survey his kingdom as he sets the body, the body of Jesus Christ on that tower. And as we look over, look over his kingdom. And as we survey what Jesus has done, as we look upon the things that are wrong, what do we do? We pray, we pray and we intercede and we go forth and we lay hands on the sick like our master has done. And we make decrees and, and, and we declare the word of God and changes are being made. Who's the first one at the tomb? Mary Magdalene, the rebellious tower, glory to God. The second one at the tomb was Mary, the mother of James. James, James means a surplanter or supplanter, one who takes the place of another, one who takes the place of another, just like Jacob was also known as a supplanter, one who takes the place of another. What did Jesus come to do? He came to take the place of another or push the other one out of the way. Remember, Mary means rebellion. So Jesus is going to spark a rebellion and he's going to replace the one that was in power and he's going to be in power. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Isn't that so? Hallelujah. Didn't he do it? Hallelujah. Yes, he did. So he did it spiritually for us and there are spiritual and physical uh, ramifications and there and, and we are called as his body to do the same thing to declare the rebellion to unseat the devil to cast him down to unseat principalities and and powers and rulers of wickedness in high places and to declare the lordship of jesus christ hallelujah poverty will rule and reign as long as we allow it to rule and reign sickness will rule and reign as long as you allow it to rule and reign hallelujah discouragement and depression will rule and reign as long as you allow it to rule and reign you've got to get on your tower and declare there is a rebellion there is a stronger power Jesus has all authority and I proclaim it over this nation I proclaim it over this territory you've got to shout the news hallelujah you've got to declare the news this thing that Jesus has done there is a reason there is a reason why the Lord had these three individuals to come and be there and be there and be present at uh, at this wake up morning at the day of resurrection so first there was Mary Magdalene Second, there is Mary, the mother of James. And then there is Salome. The name Salome means peaceful. It means peaceful. Guess what? You won't have peace until the Lord is raised up. You won't have peace until the tower is raised. You won't have peace until the enemy's power has been supplanted, until he has been replaced. After the tower has been raised, glory to God. We're not making this up. This is in the word of God. After the tower has been raised and the gospel has been proclaimed, hallelujah, and the devil's power has been supplanted in your life, in your community, and on your workplace, your job, then there will be peace. Glory to God. This has happened. Jesus has already done this. And you and I must maintain, we must proclaim the victory that this work is already done. And it shall be manifested in our lives. But it's not going to be manifested until you put it in your own mouth. And you declare the decree. You say it is so. You join in the rebellion. Remember, if you're not joining in the rebellion, then the thing has overcome you. But God has called 
called you to be an overcomer. You are an overcomer. You are a rebellious one. You don't have to take this mess when the devil tells you this and that. You don't have to take it. You can rebel against it. Glory to God. That's why at the tomb here, there's twice as much rebellion. Mary Magdalene. Mary, the mother of James and Salome, there's twice as much rebellion because it's going to take twice as much of you uh, standing up for what Jesus Christ has done. Hallelujah. In your very own lives. Now, these three grab a hold of this. These three were seeking the body of Jesus. What were they doing? They were taking spices taking spices and the spices were meant to preserve his body now jesus is the christ he is the christ christ means anointing the anointed one and his anointing so if you see this from their perspective see this from their perspective they're going and they're 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 gathering spices for the purpose of preserving a dead anointing See it from their perspective. They did not expect Jesus to be alive. Even naturally, you brought the spices because the body was beginning to decay. His body, they thought his body was beginning to break down. And these spices were meant to preserve the body just a little bit longer. We want him around just a little bit longer. So they brought the spices to preserve him. And look at verse number three. It says, and they said among themselves as they were coming, they said among themselves, who shall roll us away the stone of the sepulcher? They were so uh, in tune on, in caring for the body of Jesus or caring for the body of Christ that they did not realize that there would be an obstacle in their way until they got there. They were focusing on preserving preserving Jesus, preserving the Jesus' body, or we can say they were purposed in preserving the body of Christ. So when they finally got there, what did they see? They saw in verse number four, it says, and when they looked, they saw that the stone was rolled away for it was very great. Now look, so the stone was rolled away so that they could investigate and see that he was no longer there. That that old anointing that they had been depending upon was no longer there. Up to this point, listen, as they left home and as they left home uh, coming to seek the body of Jesus, coming to seek the body of his anointing, coming to seek the body of Christ. Are y'all with me? Are you catching this? Glory to God. As they're coming to seek it, they thought that their hopes or that the power of God was locked up in a tomb. Up to this point, in their mind, they thought that Jesus was still behind a tomb, was still locked up and locked away, that the power of God was still locked up and locked away. And as they came to the tomb, they said, before they got there, who is going to unlock the anointing for us? Who is going to unlock the tomb so that we can minister to it, so that we can preserve it? That was their mind on preserving an old anointing. But the Holy Spirit had already made a shift. 
Jesus said, there's going to be a shift on the third day. I will rise again. I will rise again. There's going to be a shift. The Jesus Christ that you knew walking on the face of the earth, he was saying to them, the me that you know now will no longer be in existence the way that you know me now. Because after the shift, I'm going to be better. I'm going to be stronger. I'm going to, I mean, after the shift, he's going to be, he's going to take on his full godness, so to speak, because in flesh, he can only be in one place at one time. But now that he has been risen from the dead, he can be in all places at all times. Hallelujah. Before he can only be with them, but now he can be in them. There is a completely different shifting that has taken place. And listen, what happened is that they were still coming after the Lord had told them, ladies, boys, there's going to be a shifting. There's going to be a shifting. You've got to be ready. There's going to be a shifting. But what did they do? They came to preserve an old anointing. They came, let's preserve it. Bring the spices. We don't really believe what Jesus said about a shifting and anointing, about an elevation of power. We don't really believe that. So let's just come. You know, he's dead. Let's just come and preserve the old the best we can. Let's keep them around the best we can because we don't want to lose the anointing that we had before. Well, they got there and they realized that that anointing was gone. It was gone, completely gone. There was no part of his body still left in the tomb. Gone. And they would have still been in the tomb looking around except the angel told them, except the messenger told them he's not here. He's not here. Now, I want to show you something now. They were determined. They were determined to be faithful to the body of Christ. You hear that? They were faithful. I mean, they were determined to be faithful to the body of Christ. They brought their spices to preserve him just a little bit longer. They were trying. Uh, they were trying. Remember, in their perspective, they were trying. They brought the spices in their eyes. They brought those spices to try to keep him along, keep them with them just a little bit longer. Just a little bit longer. Let's keep this anointing. Oh, we've been, we've been enjoying this anointing now for three years. Oh, Jesus was so good to us, so good to us. Let's bring the spices so that we can preserve this anointing, preserve this move of God for just a little bit longer. But that was not God's plan. Are you hearing me? Now, let me show you this in, show you this in a little bit greater detail as we walk over to the book of uh, Luke, Luke 24. And as we hear what the angel said to them, I want you to hear this because this has very strong relevance to you today. And I pray that you're with me. Glory to God. Glory to the Lamb of God. Luke 24, verse 5 and 6 says this. And as it says, um, and as this is the same, uh, same account, uh, but a little bit different here in the book of Luke, Luke 24, verse 5 and 6, King James Version. It says, and as they were afraid, uh, they bowed their faces to the earth and said unto them, why seek ye, here's the angel, the angel said unto them, why seek ye the living among the dead? He is not here but is risen. Remember how he spake unto you when he was yet in Galilee. The anointing is not here. 
Why are you seeking the living among the dead? Why are you seeking the power, the presence, the the burden-removing, the yoke-destroying power of God among the dead? That thing has dried up. What you knew then has dried up. God has sent something new. The angel is trying to, by way of the spirit, trying to send them, trying to change their mindset to look. There is something new that has come. There is something fresh that has come. Stop looking in the tomb. Stop looking at what happened yesterday, at the crowds of yesterday, at the fame of yesterday. God said, I've got something new. I've got something better. If I can just turn your attention from the tomb to look around, you'll see this great thing that God has prepared for you because there is something that eyes have not seen nor ears have not heard neither has it entered into your heart they could not have dreamed that Jesus would become this they could not have dreamed that this poor old Nazareth boy would become would become the God that he was they did they would they did not dream it they thought he was still dead they saw him die they were stuck in that old place but the angel the messenger of God was trying to tell them shift your thinking there is a shift there is a shift come away from the place of death because there is life that is standing right with you now and that's what God is saying now at this very moment thank you Holy Spirit there that's what the Lord is saying now at this very moment that there has been a shift a shift has occurred a transformation has occurred old things have been placed away have been put away look all things have been made brand new Jesus had as he walked upon the earth he had power yes but now he has all power there has been a shifting and a shifting has occurred and the question of the spirit is how many will dive into the new or how many will be stuck still looking in the tomb looking back to how it used to be how it was what we used to have we used to have 500 used to have 600 we we used to have this kind of money we used to draw in this type of of crowd God said don't look at that anymore that's old that's gone allow my messenger to turn your attention to the new thing that I'm doing in you there's a new work there's a fresh anointing but first he must shift your attention from the cave from the tomb to something fresh that is before you I pray you're hearing today oh I thank you Holy Spirit it's time for a change it's time to stop searching for Christ where you last left him I pray you hear that he's not there I've heard people say, oh, pastor, I just want to get back to where it used to be. I used to pray all the time. I used to feel the presence of God when I would do this. Oh, I would lay hands on the sick and and I would see people just fall out. But I don't see that anymore. I don't see that anymore. I don't see. uh, I'm still doing the same thing, but I'm not getting the same results. Listen, it's not because you have sinned. It's because a shifting has taken place. 
God said, I'm not doing that that way anymore. There's a shifting taking place. There's something new that has happened. There's something new that has circulated. God said, if you hear my voice, there is something new that I am doing. I'm no longer in that old place. And those who still were going to the temple to worship the high priest that was still going, trying to offer up sacrifices, uh, God's not there anymore, boys. There is a shifting that occurred. Hallelujah. The veil of the temple was rent. He's not there anymore. And now he, now he dwells in temples uh, that uh, uh, temples of men's heart. We become the temple of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Not temples that were made by man's hands. There was a shifting. But here is the danger. Here's the danger. What's the danger? Here's the danger. Because we still, we have a strong desire to hold on to the old. We have a strong desire because the old was comfortable. We knew the old. I know how it used to be. We have a strong desire to hold on to the old. And listen, you will actually fight against the new. Trying to hold on to the old. Peter actually fought against Jesus. He actually used the words of his mouth to strike Jesus, trying to box, verbally box with Jesus because he did not want Jesus to manifest anew. He wanted him to stay in the old. He did not want Jesus to, to um, uh, metamorphosize from the caterpillar into the beautiful butterfly. Jesus, just stay like you are, the way I can see you, the way I know you. I don't want you to change. Stay where you are. How do we know this? Let's look at Mark, Mark 8. Look at this, Mark 8, verse 31 through 33. See this verbal assaulting here that's happening. From Peter's perspective, he didn't want change. Uh, Mark 8, verse 31 says, And he began to teach, to teach them, that talking about Jesus, that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected of the elders and of the chief priests and scribes and be killed and after three days rise again. That was the new. Jesus said, it's going to happen. That's the new. What did Peter say? And he spake these, and rather, and he spake that uh, saying openly, and Peter took him and began to rebuke him. Can you imagine that? Peter took Jesus to the side. He heard Jesus speaking and said, uh, come here, Jesus. Come here. You don't know what you're saying. He began to rebuke Jesus. Jesus, this shall not happen to you. He, re he began to, re to rebuke the message of God, what was already written in heaven, what was sealed in foundations or what was sealed throughout uh, eternity that this would happen to the Lamb of God. Peter began to rebuke Jesus. I don't want that change. I want you to stay exactly how you are. He was so resistant to change. But what did Jesus say? But when he had turned about and, and looked, upon, uh, looked on his disciples, he rebuked Peter, saying, Get thee behind me, Satan, for thou savorest not the things that be of God. You're not thinking about the things that are of God, but the things that be of man. And this is why we don't 
want a change because man's way is a lot easier because you don't know which way the spirit is going to move. You're going to have to trust. Trust that God has everything in control. But listen, it is time. It is time to let go because there are some things that are no longer working. And no matter how many times you prop them up, it's going to keep on falling down. There are some things that it just don't work. Some things that God was blowing in before, but he's no longer doing it. And you pick it up and it falls. You pick it up and it falls. It's just not working. And you can go back into the tomb all you want to with your spices, but that anointing is no longer in the building. You can look through a thousand tombs, and it's just not going to work. God won't allow you to preserve it. So people, instead of, uh, and, you know, they try to think of things, and instead of, the, instead of one point, they may have seen the glory of God, and now, you know, they try to prop it up with, with lights and, and smoke and, and programs and, and anything to distract people just like Moses had to put a veil over his face because the glory was departing him and he didn't want the people to see the glory was departing. God wasn't there anymore. The glory was departing. So we try to cover it up. But if it's not working, it's not working. And it may not be because of sin, but because of a shift that has occurred. Are you hearing me? Look at Isaiah 43, verse 19. Isaiah 43, verse 19 says, Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Hallelujah. It's a new thing that God is sending, that God is doing. There is a fresh anointing. There is a fresh anointing. But your participation in that is not automatic. You're going to have to call upon him and seek after him. Lord, where is the new? What are you doing now? What are you saying now? And, and it's there's a new thing that he's saying. There's a freshness that he's saying. So if you're continuing to beat your head up against the walls, again, it's not because you sinned, but because God has shifted. Let me show you some more of this resistance, then we'll close out. In Luke 5, Luke 5, verse 36 through, 40, uh, through 39. Luke 5, 36 through 39. I think you're getting this. It says here, Luke 5, verse 36 through 39 out of the New Living Translation. This is how it reads. Then Jesus gave them this illustration. No one tears a piece of cloth from a new garment and uses it to patch an old garment. For then the new garment would be ruined and the new patch wouldn't even match the old garment. Why are you trying to put something new on something old? It's not going to work out. You're going to destroy, ruin the new while trying to prop up the old. Let's look a little bit further here. Verse 37. And no one puts new wine into old wine skins. For the new wine would burst the wine skins, spilling the wine and ruining the skin. 
New wine must be stored in new skins. There is a new anointing. There is a new grace. There is something fresh that God's doing. And the Lord's saying simply here, you cannot pair the new and the old together. It's going to ruin either one of them, both of them. You're going to have to put the freshness in a fresh container. Hallelujah. It's going to look differently. It's going to feel differently. Nothing of the old will remain. Just like there at the resurrection of Jesus Christ, nothing of the old remained. But something new spring forth, sprung forth. Are you hearing me? Look at this. So again, uh, the new won't work in the old format. You'll ruin them both. Now, here's a strong caution here the Lord gives us. I think this would be a good place to land, at least for today. Verse 39, but no one who drinks the old wine seems to want the new wine. The old wine, this says the old is just fine, they say. One more time. But no one who drinks the old wine seems to want the new wine. The old is just fine, they say. I wonder if anybody heard that. So there is a people, there's a generation that's stuck with fine. When God wants to give you great, spectacular, something you have not imagined. But you're going to have to be like a Tarzan in the jungle. Swinging from vine to vine. In order for you to go forward, you're going to have to let go of the old vine and grab a hold to the new vine. If Tarzan just keeps holding on to the old vine, he's going to swing forward and back and forward and back and forward. But every time he swings, he won't be able to swing out as far as he did before. And he finds himself going back, but not as far back as he did before. And eventually, he's just going to dangle right there in the jungle and not go anywhere. Ministry, life, finances won't go anywhere, just dangling there in the jungle. Why? Why don't people do that? Because I remember the old. I got to get back to the old. I got to preserve the old. When the Spirit of God has already made a shift. I'm telling you today that there is a fresh anointing, that there is a freshness. This is something that the Lord is doing. Oh, yes. Okay, we'll do this one last thing, too. Go to John 20. John 20. We'll stop here. Are y'all still with me today? John 20, verse 11 through 18, says this. But Mary stood without at the sepulcher, same same account, just in the book of John. But Mary stood without uh, at the sepulcher weeping. As she wept, she stood, or she stooped down and looked inside the, the sepulcher. And see of two angels in white standing, rather sitting. The one at the head and the other at the feet, where the body of Jesus had lain. Here we go. And they say unto her, the angels, grab a hold of this. Woman, why weepest thou? 
while you're crying over what has happened and that is not happening anymore? Why are you mourning that? She said unto them, listen, because they say they. Because they have taken away my Lord. And I know not where they have laid him. And now instead of looking for the new, they're blaming other people for taking it away. It's because of so-and-so. It's because of him. It's because of her. If they hadn't done that, then we would still have the power of God. We would still be in ministry. We would still have this. We would still have that. They did it. They did it. They did it. This a faceless person they have no idea all they know is they did it so people are stuck right there blaming others for the situation that they're in when God said no it's not because of your sin it's not because of they it's because I've shifted I'm not doing it that way anymore the new has come forth but I tell you as it goes further on down as they're seeking Jesus, Jesus shows up. And that's where we're going to stop today. As you seek the Lord, he shows up. As you seek the anointing, the anointing shows up. As you stop looking for him, when they stopped looking for him in the hole, in the tomb, they saw him standing right beside her. And it was Mary Magdalene in every gospel that saw him and interacted with him first. Listen. The first Jesus had two Mary, two influential Marys in his life, or three actually. The first one was the one uh, he came out of. This physical body came out of his mother Mary. The second Mary, Mary that is um, uh, Lazarus's sister, anointed him, which I believe is also Mary Magdalene, but anointed him for his burial, putting that oil on him. And of course, here she is showing up right here at the tomb. And the Bible says that when she realized it was Jesus, the Bible says that Jesus said, don't touch me or touch me not. The word touch there means to cling. Don't cling to me. I haven't ascended to my father. So he was touched by two Marys, one at his birth and another at his resurrection. Rebellion on both sides, both sides, meaning again that he has given us the power and that we don't have to take the stuff that the world is giving out. You can rebel against it. But you're going to have to shift because God has given you a new anointing. And actually, he's right there with you now. But you're going to have to seek him for it. As you seek Christ, you'll find Christ. There's a fresh anointing. The relationship that you had with him before, let that go. Because something new is coming now. There's a deeper intimacy and a deeper walk with God that you've never experienced before. But you won't get it. Won't get it holding on to the old. You've got to seek him for the new. Father, I thank you in Jesus' name for the word that you've given us today. Father, I do pray uh, that by your, by your wonderful presence that you will transmit this message, that this tower will transmit this message to the body of Christ through uh, here in this local assembly and throughout the world. Father, I release this transmission 
I release this transmission in this house. I release the word of the spirit uh, there online and, and there in the podcast. I release this transmission over the radio waves. Father, I release this transmission over the Roku and wherever it shall be seen or heard throughout the world. And Father, I thank you that your people will experience a fresh anointing and that they will move in power. They will shift. They will shift with you and experience all that you have for them. We give you praise today in Jesus' name. Amen. amen. We pray that you have been richly blessed by today's message. Remember, if you would like to hear today's message in its entirety or hear the entire series, just go to our website at www.kingdomrock.org. That's kingdomrock.org. You can also subscribe to our podcast and get it on the go. And if you have a Roku device, make sure you search for Kingdom Rock TV. And there you will find this program and so much more. We would also love to see you in a live service. Just go to our website to get the details at www.kingdomrock.org. Until next time, remember that Jesus loves you and so do we. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way.